I, I think I've told this before, but this list right here gives the songs, and then how many verses are, we're going to sing, and what verses we're going to sing in those, those uh, songs. Well, um, 160, or one of those two in the end there, we were supposed to sing all three, and I didn't put it in the PowerPoint. So what he sees is all, and then what comes up instead of the third verse is the fourth verse. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I, I think I go over it several times and check, and I still mess up with that. They should never set me in front of a computer, ever. Well, take your Bibles and turn to Psalms 51 tonight. Psalms 50, 51, I titled the message, A Willing Spirit, and I want to look at a few things. A repentant spirit is the first thing, a usable spirit, which I hope is in all of us, and then a righteous spirit, um, a lot like the message this morning in, in many ways. Um, but let's start in verse 10. We'll read through verse 19. I'll get, I'll get back into the first, some of the first verses in the chapter during the message. But I want to start in verse 10. Uh, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Stop right now. Hold on, we'll go ahead and finish it. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. I want to look at a willing spirit tonight. And it is to be in all of us when it comes to our relationship with God. Willing in every aspect. And so I want to look at that. It starts with a repentant spirit. It's, it's a usable spirit, and, and it is a righteous spirit, one that is holy before God. Let's pray tonight. Father, I want to confess my, my um, that I am wholly in, inadequate tonight to, to speak your word, and I, I ask, Father, for your strength. I ask for your spirit to guide and, and Lord, just to use your word in each life. Father, we know that, that uh, without you we can do nothing. Lord, help us as we look into your word to each one of us personally apply it again tonight. Father, that it will uh, shine light in the areas that need improvement. It will it'll, uh, it'll strengthen areas that need encouragement. And Father, that we will be vessels uh, more fit for your service because of your word tonight. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So a willing spirit is what I titled the message. And I want to look at this. There's, this chapter is, is one of my favorite psalms. I, I love 
chapter 51, and I love what is being taught in it. Um, I, I want to have the joy of my salvation. It's thy salvation, of Christ's salvation. It's not mine. He gave it to me, but it's his. He did it. And so I, I want that in my life. I want to be able to convert sinners unto him. I want to be able to, to be a testimony. And he, and he tells us these things. He gives us some steps in, in doing that. And, and to have this willing, usable spirit. To be a life that is profitable unto the Lord. And first of all, it's the repentant spirit. And verse 10 starts with, uh, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This repentant spirit. I talked about this morning the light, the darkness. Those that, that deal in wickedness, they don't like the light. Right? If, if, uh, if we know that our house is not really, really clean, we don't like the light. Okay? If we haven't dusted for a while, it's much more convenient to keep the lights off. I was thinking about it. Um, for, for a lot of people that I know, we don't go to the doctor very often. All right? I, I, I don't make routine checkups. I, I don't want to go to the doctor. It's not that I'm scared of the doctor, but he's going to tell me something I don't want to hear. And he's going to say, because of that, you're going to have to do, the, do something in your life that I don't want to do. Right? I was thinking about it. Some doctor would, is going to, one of these days, say, Ryan, you eat too much salt. I love salt, and, and I put it on all of my food. Uh, if you eat watermelon without salt, eh, there's something wrong. You need, to, you need to get your heart right and do it right. So I love salt. But you know what the doctor's going to tell me if I ever went in and had high blood pressure? Cut out the salt. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear these things. It's the same as going in the, in the house and turning on the light and seeing all the dust. Shut that light off. I told you this morning, I turned the light, all the bright lights on in our, in our bedroom that I'm remodeling. And where I thought my sheetrock looked just really nice, I'm seeing flaws. Because the light makes it show. And I, I just shut them off. I love the lights. But those, those imperfections are going to bug me. It's, it's that when we, when we look at God and, and, we, and we consider this prayer that David made. Creating me a clean heart, O oh God. It's, it's just this openness before the Lord. So throw the doors open and turn on a floodlight. And come within me and clean me. Verse 2 says, uh, clean me thoroughly. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for every wit. Get me clean. Purify my life. Now that's a, that's a surrender and that's a trust that He's going to come in and, and do that and, and that is what's necessary in your life. There has to be an acknowledging of the personal responsibility for the sin as well. And that's a, that's a humbling thing. We're all guilty of it. Every one of us. You sinned this week. I don't have to ask you. I know you did. Because we live in this old rotten flesh. And I did. I hope I'm one, not the only one in the church. That'd be awful. Well, no, it'd be great, actually. That'd be something to see. But every one of us, if we, if we are just totally dependent on God, if we have this repentant spirit, we're going to say, yes, Lord, just come in with the white glove and, and check every surface. Make sure that I am clean and pure within. And in those areas that are not, Lord, get that refining fire out and start cleaning me. 
willing to be changed, willing to follow the, the Lord in, in all of these things. John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verse 3, is a, is a very simple verse. Now are ye clean, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Purification, the, the, uh, the illuminating of your life and the showing of the errors and the flaws and the need of improvement is in the Word of God. This is, this is that, that floodlight that's going to come in or the inspector that's got the white glove and is going to say, there's a little dust there. This isn't, this isn't completely clean. Elizabeth is talking about our house. And... And she, she gives herself such a uh, hard time in trying to keep our house clean. Well, there's, there's some kids that are about 40 pounds, and, uh, and they don't understand cleanliness in any way. All right? Not at all. It doesn't cross their mind, not one bit. So walk through the mud, come in the house, what difference does it make? Mud's on your hands, smear it on the cabinet. What difference does it make? It's just life. And, and Elizabeth sees these things, and it bothers her, and she wants to have a very spotless house. And I appreciate that. I love that. And I think about it, I wonder if that's my way in my life. Or am I the two-year-old just blowing through? And, and, the, and the things of this life are just falling all over me, and I'm just so used to it, I don't notice any anymore. It doesn't matter that, that the carpet is stained and there's, and there's four years' worth of dust on that fan blade. It looks like, looks like a, a rat died up there, just furry. That's the way we are sometimes in our Christian life. We don't want to turn the light on and know the truth. That, that, that hurts a little bit. That refining fire that God has to put us through is, is difficult. And we don't want to open up the Word and, and learn where our, where our problems are. And just surrender to God and say, you, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. It's more than a statement. It's a life. It, it, it is a surrender to God. So create in me a clean heart. You do, Lord, what is necessary in my life to purify me. To make my heart clean. Go with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. You'll see where this leads into our second point. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 through 21. Study this, show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know what? When the house is clean, it's nice when visitors come over, isn't it? Okay, I, it's presentable now. You can come in. If somebody knocks on the door and it's been a day or two since the carpet's been swept and, and, uh, and maybe the kids haven't picked up all the toys in the family room and <laughs> there's, there's some clothes on the floor in the bedroom and things are not in order, you don't really want to open that door. A little ashamed. Christian, we're the same way. You know, you know why we're afraid many times to go and witness to someone? Why we're afraid to stand up and, and, and be a light to our community? It might open the door a little bit to my own sin. 
It's going to show some of my own hypocrisy. So I'm, I'm ashamed of some of the things in my own life. I'm not studying the Word as I should. I'm not walking with God as I should. Verse 16, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more uh, ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth the canker, of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Repentant spirit, create in me a clean heart, O God. If I know the Lord, if he's mine, I will depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these... If I am repentant, if I'm truly open to the Lord and say, you come in and clean me, do whatever it takes, Lord, to purify my heart and my mind. What is it? If I, if I confess my sins, He's what? He's faithful. He does it every single time. He forgives me and cleanses me from my sin. Faithful and just, the Bible says. We need to trust Him in that. And let Him come in. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified, set apart, of value to God. Now, you're value to God no matter what, but if I'm walking with Him, I am valuable to Him because it says I'm meat for the Master's use and prepared unto every good work. Prepared unto every good work. It's, it's the illustration of the guy that's been on the football team for, for three years in high school, working and working and working and working and just staying faithful at practice, giving his best every week. And then finally, he's, the coach is ready and pulls him in and he gets to step up and, he, and he's usable. He's ready to go. Sometimes, sometimes I think in our Christian life we're discouraged because we don't have a specific will of God. He's not given us a specific call. But this says, listen, if I am just studying, I'm showing myself approved unto God, and I'm keeping my life clean, and I'm allowing Him to clean me, and, and then when the time comes, I'm ready. I'm meat. That, that means prepared. It's all set to go. There's no hesitation then. I want to be, I want to be that one that is prepared, set aside and meat for the Master's use, I have to be pure, though. You have to be walking with God and be willing to open that door and say, Lord, please show me my sin. Help me, Lord, to just trust You in this and know that You will forgive me. So the repentant spirit is necessary. First of all, if you don't know the Lord, the Bible says, repent, for the end is near said, your sin is separated between you and God and there's nothing you can do about it. You are wholly inadequate on your own. All your righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You will never, never meet up, measure up to the holiness of God. But it says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Repent. Say, Lord, take that old life. I want to, I want to be new. I want to be changed. And he said he will. Go to the Lord and say, Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Have the repentant spirit. 
have a usable spirit then. So I, I'm, I'm preparing my heart, I'm, I'm, I'm walking, I'm diligent, I'm trying to remain pure. Verse, verse 13 through 15 says, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. And we're told over and over and over that we're to be usable by God. Here am I, send me. That's what that means. It doesn't have to be that to, to the Middle East. It's not necessarily that the Lord's going to pick you and say, you know what, you're going to the most closed country in the world, and you're going to go and spend the rest of your life in North Korea. That doesn't have to be that. It might be. And if that's God's calling in your life, praise the Lord for it. But what if it's just, you know what, today you're going to go across town and you're going to talk to that individual that's on your heart. Do you have a willing spirit? Here am I. You know what, Lord, I'll go. I know that you're asking me and I'm going to go. I have a willing spirit to do whatever. Maybe it, maybe it is that, that there's someone who, who is not able to take care of their own home and the Lord says, you know what, to be a blessing to that individual, maybe you could go clean their bathrooms. Now that, to me, is one of the worst things in the world. I don't care for touching another, another individual's bathroom. Public bathrooms make my skin crawl. So it's a sacrifice, but do we have a willing mind? Say, yes, Lord, if that's how I serve you, that's what I'm going to do. And, and do it without telling anyone. Just go and serve. Have a willing spirit. Here am I. Send me. I'll do whatever you need, Lord. My will is no longer a part of it. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Wise men tell others. Wise men tell others. Wise men are not ashamed. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Daniel is prophetic, and, and this, this part of, of Daniel is prophecy, talking about when the tribulation period is. Uh, during the tribulation period, but this, this can be applied to me and you. This, this is true for anyone who is wise, who is walking with the Lord. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. They, they're going to turn many to righteousness they're going to have a lasting impact in the lives that they're around. They're going to make a difference. You know, Mr. Martin went to Mexico as a missionary with a very traditional mindset. He went and he was going to start a church and he was going to pastor that church for who knows how long and he was going to support the pastors and he was going to use American money. And he got down there and he got to looking at and just allowing the Lord to lead him. And God said, you're not here just to witness to 25 people here in this one town. I called you to a country. You know, I thought about that a lot. I, that would have been pretty overwhelming to me. 
But he had a willing mind and he started following the Lord and he started doing things a little bit different. and Lost a lot of support for it to begin with. But because of his willing mind, he starts flying all over the country and dropping tracks in, in places that had never heard the gospel. And I don't know how long the time span was, but at one point in his ministry, after he started getting away from the traditional things and started branching out and trying to do mass evangelism, he was doing, he was doing correspondence with 50,000 people over the nation of Mexico. At one point, at one time, 50,000 people all of them had made a profession of faith. Now, how many of them are truly saved? I don't know. That's between them and the Lord. But he was doing correspondence with 50,000 people. That number is mind-boggling to me. What would we do if we saw 50,000 people get saved in Wichita Falls? We'd lose our minds. He was wise in that he was just willing. Lord, okay, I'm going to go out and do something that's uncomfortable and strange. Something that's a little bit weird. And it cost him. He lost the support of, of so many churches here in the United States. And that's not how you do missions. And now in, in, the, in the state of Chiapas, there are over 400 churches in a very, very poor part of the world that are going out and starting new churches all the time. And they're sending missionaries all over the world without any American money. God supplies their needs like He does ours. It's the same God down there that is here. So they don't need our money. They got the same God and they got endless resources if they just walk by faith. So there was, there was wisdom in one man and, and I don't want to lift him up more than that. He's a man. But he was greatly used by God because he had a willing mind. did something a little bit different. He showed some wisdom and he said, I'm going to show people your salvation. Some of the things that he got to see. Elizabeth, or Elizabeth Lana was talking to me about she wants to be a missionary's wife someday and she wants to be an adventurer. I said, well, I guarantee you they're the same thing. There's a lot of adventure in mission work. He wrecked a plane five times in Mexico. He was a pilot. He wrecked five times, lived through all of them. He flew into villages that had never seen a white man before. Never been, there had never been anybody outside of their tribe there, and they'd never heard the gospel, and he got to introduce them to the Lord. I don't know how many places there are left in the world where a white man hasn't been, but what an adventure. Why? Because he had a willing mind. He said, Lord, use me however you want. And I'm not thinking small. I'm, I'm going to start looking big. There's a line from, and I'm not touting the movie, uh, the, the movie Patriot. I've always thought of this line. When the dad is, is trying to rescue his one son from the British and they're, they're hauling him off, his two younger boys, they're probably 11 and 12, he says, you come with me. And he gave them each a rifle. And they went and they're going to go get these guys. They're going to rescue his son bring his oldest son back. And he's lined him up at this ambush, and he looks at him and he says, aim small, miss small. Aim small, miss small. He repeated it, and I thought about that when he said it. What he meant was, don't try to hit him in the head. Hit him in the chest. You, you aim at the biggest part. Now, we're not hunting here today, but I've thought about it in Christian life. 
I wonder in my own life if, if, I, if there's not more results because I'm just too, too nearsighted. That I don't aim big. Why don't we trust the Lord for some big things? We aim small and we miss small. We get so, so focused sometimes on, on one little bitty thing and God can't then use us. We're not willing to go and say, Lord, yes, I'll do something big. I'll try, I'll try something big. I'll, I'll risk looking foolish. The usable spirit is wise and he says, Lord, I'll go no matter what. O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Lord, you use me. 1 Corinthians, one more passage on this, on the usable spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 22. 1 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 19. (coughs) We know the testimony of Paul. But this was his mindset. This is a a usable spirit. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. I think Paul aimed big. Paul didn't think about small things. Paul said, the Lord said, go to ye to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. He said, I am to, I am to win this entire world. That's the commission of the church. He said, I'm going to go and I'm going to do what God asked me to do. And no matter what the cost, I'm going to go ahead and do it. He had a willing spirit. And the cost to Paul was great. I, I know we've talked about it. The, the sacrifice that he was willing to make and the drive that he had. Just to win one. What is it worth to you to win one soul? What are we willing to sacrifice for that? Are you willing to become weak as the weak? What did, Jesus sat and ate among the sinners, those that, those that were the, the uh, prostitutes and the tax collectors, the most despised of, the, of society at that time. He went and sat down among them and, and spoke to them, worked among those. Why? Because He loved them. And He was humble and He was, and he was looking to save a soul. First of all, we have to have a repentant spirit. Lord, clean me so that I meet for the Master's use, and a usable spirit. Lord, when you call, I'm going to go. And, and a righteous spirit, like this morning, tonight, you can, you can throw all three together. It's, it's somewhat the same thing, but a righteous spirit is a humble, contrite person, dependent wholly on God. Verse 17 in our text, Psalms 51, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Are you dependent on God? Are you broken and contrite? I got to get all the pride out. All this self-confidence, it's got to go out, it's got to go out the door. Can you can you 
Sometimes, sometimes it almost seems like that's, that's an unattainable goal. Sometimes it feels like it's beyond our use, our reach. How do I get past my own self-confidence? How do I get past this pride in my flesh that I have some ability or some use to God? Boy, it's only in His Word, and it's only in, in this humble seeking Him. It goes along with the repentant heart. Because we all, all, every one of us, our pride wants to rear up its head and say, I, I deserve something. I, I deserve something. I deserve better. Or, or I deserve some acknowledgement. Or I deserve a, a pat on the back along the way. Instead of saying, Lord, I need you. Today, in every decision of my life, I need you. We don't know how to live our lives. We, we get the idea that we do, and, and we write books, and we, and we, uh, and we go and teach seminars, and, and there's all these, these uh, motivational speakers. They know so much. The Bible says the sacrifice he sees, he, he appreciates, is a contrite heart, broken and humble before the Lord. An awareness that I am not worthy of anything that he's done. And a moment-by-moment acknowledgement of that. A moment-by-moment. Make sure I have the right passage written down here. Just bear with me for a second. Yes, go with me to Psalms chapter 4. Read the whole chapter. Verse 1 of chapter 4, Psalms chapter 4 says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing, Selah? But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still, Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. There's, there's, some, there's some statements in here of total dependence, of righteousness, this righteous spirit. Lord, I have to have you. I love in verse 3, but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. That is not a matter of pride. That's a matter of repentance right there. It ought to humble us. God has taken the godly individual and set, himself, set that person aside for his use. So my life is no longer my own. I don't have a use for me anymore. <laughs> there, there's, no, there's no will of mine anymore that matters. It is God's use and His alone. That's a righteous spirit. It's, it's dependent on Him. It's looking to Him for my safety. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for only the Lord can make me dwell in safety. 
doesn't matter that, I, that we arm ourselves. I have a 12-gauge in my house, fully loaded and ready to go. I have a 357. I have several other guns. Because I, I do believe it is my responsibility as a father to protect my family. And I will, I will, I believe, I've never been in this stressful of a situation, but I will do my best to stop anyone that comes in that door at night. Okay? I have that responsibility, but ultimately safety is of the Lord. It is Him that will keep my family safe. Man, there are so many things far greater to their, far more dangerous and scary to them than an intruder at night. If, if you do not trust the Lord and you sit and, and consider the salvation of your children at night, you won't sleep. If you don't know that God protects them and God will draw them and He will, and he will look out for them, then there's no rest. But when I am wholly dependent on Him, when I have a righteous spirit, knowing that He has to do it all, there's peace. I lay me down to sleep in peace. When I put my head down on the pillow, I can rest. Because the Lord makes me dwell in safety. He is the one that does it all for me. One more passage, and we'll be done. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Excuse me. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. It says, Behold, I will send my messengers, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even... The messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refining fire and like fuller's soap. He shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Israel be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, as in, and as in former years. I want my offering unto the Lord to be pleasant. I want it to be a joy to Him when I serve Him. Everything that I give to Him, I want Him to be pleased by that. Well, this says, He that is purged is going to be pleasing to the Lord. That repentant, usable, righteous spirit is pleasing to the Lord. I don't understand it. I don't understand so many things about this word. I don't understand why God loves me and why He puts up with me, why He's long-suffering with me. But I know that in His word He says, if I am of a contrite spirit, a willing mind, a righteous spirit walking with God that my sacrifice, my service to Him is pleasing. I bring God joy. He who is a possessor of all things, all power, all wisdom, all things. He is the one that sustains me, that keeps me, that gives me the strength to serve Him. And then my service pleases Him. That's an amazing thing. 
but it comes from a willing spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Go to Him and say, Lord, You do this in my life. I need You. If I'm going to go through this day today, Lord, start with creating a clean heart. Start by by cleaning and cleansing and purifying me so that I'm fit for the Master's use. I, I hope we all aim big this week. Let's, let's trust the Lord to use us in a mighty way. Whether it's, whether it's getting to witness to one person, that's not aiming small. Please don't get me wrong. That's a big thing. Or if it's witnessing to 50 at a time, just have that willing mind. Lord, use me. Have me ready. And when that time comes, use me, Lord. And He will. And when you do, He'll be pleased in that service. Let's pray. Father, thank You for our time tonight. Lord, we we need You tonight in every moment of our life. Father, help us to never forget that. Lord, if there's pride in our heart, just show us that. Father, help us, no matter what it takes, to bring us to that point of humility, the the broken and contrite heart, Father, that, that is pleasing to You. Thank You, Lord, for loving us. Thank You for our time together today. And Lord, as we, as we go out, help us, Father, to be bold. Uh, Father, to, to seize upon every opportunity You give us to be a witness and a light. Father, we'd love to hear of a soul getting saved this week. Thank You, Lord, for all that You've given us. In Christ's name we pray, amen.